Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, we're talking about Richard Strauss's Arabella, which debuted in 1933 in Dresden, Eric. This is Strauss in his, uh, very much his neoclassical vein, very much like what we hear in Der Rosenkavalier. Uh, and it's a, it's a vehicle for a soprano who wants to specialize in Strauss. Today, it's Renee Fleming, uh, Kirite Kanawa, Lisa de la Casa. You know, all these great Straussian sopranos always want to, uh, you know, they want to have their, their go at Arabella because it's a great, you know, role that allows them to just go with these, these soaring Straussian phrases that he loves to write for sopranos. You mentioned the Rosenkavalier, and Arabella, like Rosenkavalier, is set in Vienna, perhaps maybe 100 years later, we're in the, uh, the 1860s. And in fact, this opera was the last of Strauss's collaborations with uh, Hugo von Hofmannsthal. One of the great uh, composer-librettist pairings uh, in opera history. An unusual story. We have the Waldner family. Yes. Count Waldner is a gambler. And apparently not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the family is down on their luck financially. Yeah. And as Act One opens, we're in this hotel where the Waldners are living in Vienna. And the Countess Adelaida is having her fortune told by a fortune teller. And the fortune teller has some predictions as to the future fortunes of the family. The fortune teller predicts that the beautiful Arabella will marry somebody from uh, a far-off land, and that will solve the family's financial problems. But, however, a second daughter will bring problems to the family. And this well, is that's where... the... <laughs> this is where it gets weird because yeah, they are not have... supposed to have a second daughter. <laughs> they're supposed to have a son. They have they have two children, right? Arabella, and then they have Zenko, right? Who's <laughs> a girl dressed as a boy because they can't afford to have two daughters, and you know, and with with the dowry and 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 whatnot that goes with marrying off a daughter, they ha they can't afford to have two daughters of roughly the same age because it would break them <laughs> trying to marry these daughters off. So they, <laughs> so she's been raised as a boy. Yeah, <laughs> for you know, for something like at least I would you know what sixteen years, years, right? So clearly, this guy's a lousy gambler and has been for quite some time. <laughs> But what is so interesting is that she goes along with it. Yeah. It's like, you want me to wear pants? I'll okay. wear pants. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we get a sense of, of Zenko slash Zenka because as the countess is having her fortune told, Zenko is having to, to fend off all these Bill debt collectors. collectors. Right, right. So she has this empathy for the family, uh, this, this sense of, uh, of duty to do what she can for the family. And if it means putting on a pair of pants, she'll do it. She sure will. <laughs> and in the midst of all this, in comes uh, Matteo, who is this young man who is very much in love with Arabella. He's a military officer. Uh-huh. And 
he's asking, you know, Zdenka, Zdenka excuse me, I'm sorry, Zdenko, <laughs> you know, about Arabella. Uh, and, you know, in the course of, of this exchange, we, we learn that Zdenko, who is really Zdenka, <laughs> is in love with Mateo, who's in love with her sister. Of course, Mateo doesn't know that Zdenka is a little girl. Right. He thinks it's a, a guy. And they are best buds. And he's using Arabella's brother to try and get to Arabella. Right. And in fact, Zenko slash Zenka has been writing him letters, signing them from Arabella. Arabella. But really from her. Him, her. (laughs) (laughs) It it gets complicated. Boy, howdy. (laughs) Yikes. And he, Matteo, is worried because he hasn't heard anything from Arabella for, for several days now, and he's getting suicidal. Right. And he says, if I don't hear something, I'm going to kill myself. Wow. That's <laughs> extreme. It's echoes of Vetter. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so after he's gone, Arabella and, and her, <coughs> quote, sister, end quote. <laughs> Let's say sibling. Her brother, her sibling. <laughs> Have this this wonderful scene, and uh, Arabella has apparently a lot of suitors. A lot of young men are vying for her hand in marriage and sending her presents and all kinds of things. And she's she's taking the gifts, but she really isn't inspired by any of them. And Zenko reproaches her for the cavalier attitude she displays towards Matteo. Obviously, Zenko who has feelings for Matteo herself. And Arabella says, but you know what? I'm waiting for Mr. Wright. Yeah. And when he comes along, I will know it. Yeah. And this launches the two of them into a really gorgeous, gorgeous duet. It's It's just vintage Strauss. He loves the soprano voice, and he loves to write duets and trios for the soprano voice, and this is a... This is a real gem of of one of those. As they're talking about love, and Arabella says, I'm going to wait for the right man, she sees out of the window this stranger that she had seen in the street earlier in the day, and she's quite taken by this sort of anonymous stranger. Right. And she catches her eye. Yeah, has no idea who he is. But... We find out that when when Arabella and Zdenko, Zdenka's parents return, the Count has been writing letters to some of his old uh, army buddies to try to get them to help him uh, settle his debts. He's he's in dire straits, and he's basically written them for for a loan, right? Essentially, and he hasn't heard from any of them, and he was. He was really uh, let down by the fact that he hasn't heard from one in particular by the name of Mandrika, who he knew to you know have some money. And they were buds back in the day. They sure were. And it's at that point that uh, the servant comes in and says that there's someone there to see him. Named Mandrika. Named Mandrika. <laughs> but it is not his old pal. It's his, it's his old pal's nephew with, by, who is named Mandrika as well. And Waldner's friend Mandrika has died. 
Right. And he has left his fortune to his nephew. Right. And in writing to Mandrika, Count Waldner sent his begging letter, but he also sent a photograph of Arabella, hoping that Mandrika would see this his beautiful daughter and say, well, you know what, I'll give you some money and let me marry your daughter. Which is creepy in and of itself because the guy's his age. (laughs) But okay, we'll go with it. (laughs) Of course, Mandrika Sr. is dead. Right. But Mandrika, the nephew, (laughs) received the letter, saw the photograph and and immediately fell in love with Arabella. And he has come, he has sold some of his land He's from sort of the Croatia area, uh-huh. which I guess constitutes being a distant land. He has sold some of his land so that he can afford to travel to Vienna because he wants to meet Arabella. Right. He even offers right there and then to marry Arabella, and he gives Waldner some money, makes him a loan. Which Waldner is uh, elated <laughs> over. Uh, I mean, he can't believe his his good fortune just sort of fallen into his lap that way. This is the final night of Carnival. And there is going to be this ball. And Matteo comes back in and he's asking Zenka, when will I receive another letter from Arabella? And Zenka says, you'll get one tonight at the ball. So basically, they're waiting then for one of Arabella's suitors, Elmer, to arrive with the sleigh to take them to the ball, and and it's called the Fiacre Ball. Which, by the way, a fiacre is a is a, a sled. It's a it's a two horse carriage. Carriage. Yes. Yeah. Sort of buggy. <laughs> right. And Elmer arrives, um, but Arabella, as the curtain falls, is still thinking about the stranger that she saw out the window, and she can't quite get him out of her mind. End of Act One. End of Act One. Act Two takes place at the Fiacre Ball. Yes. And Arabella is, is introduced to Mandrika. Her father says, there's somebody I'd like you to meet. He introduces her to Mandrika, and guess what? He's the stranger she saw outside her hotel room. What are the odds? Coincidence. <laughs> so Arabella is the queen of the ball. And she's left alone with Mandrika. They sort of share their life stories, don't uh they? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she, just as he was completely smitten by her portrait, she's very much smitten by the real Mandrika. And they, they are falling fast in love with one another. He explains to her that uh, he inherited a great deal of money from his uncle. He has all this land. He's a widower. His wife died. So he's kind of supremely eligible. Yep. <laughs> and he also talks about the fact that in his country, they have this ritual that a, a woman, a young girl, will offer her fiancé a glass of water as a token of uh, agreeing to be married. It's like, here's a glass of water. Yes, I'll marry you. <laughs> When is a glass of water not a glass of water? Why water? You think it would be, you know, champagne or wine. I guess it's cheaper than a ring. Yes, it certainly is. So they are falling in love, as you say. 
And Mandrika tells her, you marry me, you will be number one. I'll adore you, worship you. We'll have all this land, all this money. We'll be very happy together. And Arabella is quite happy to agree to all that. Oh, boy, yeah. But she does have one request, and that is that she be allowed to stay at the ball for the rest of the evening so that she can sort of spend her last night as as a girl before she passes into womanhood, engagement, etc. Bid farewell to her childhood, as it were. And she also wants the opportunity to go to her other suitors and say, I appreciate all the attention. (laughs) I appreciate all the presents you've given me. But I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going another way, (laughs) as they would say in Hollywood. Then, going back to the fortune teller's prediction, Uh Zenka encounters Matteo. Matteo wants to know where his letter is, the letter that she had said Arabella was going to give him at the ball. And and he's wondering why Arabella seems so cool to him when he, when he, you know, when he sees her. You know, all all evening long, and he says. I mean, he says he he can't even get her to look at him. You know, and here he and, you know, he's expecting this letter from her, and he, he's thinking that there's something you know brewing brewing between them, but he can't even get her to look at him. Zenka gives him a letter. Inside the letter is a key, and she he tells Matteo, "This is the key to Arabella's room," and. 15 minutes, you should go upstairs and let yourself into her room and you will get all that you desire. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, Mandrika overhears that conversation. Of course he does. And he sees Zenka giving Matteo the key. And what does he think? He thinks that Arabella is playing around on him. And he gets mad. So mad that he starts drinking, starts buying champagne for everybody. And then he starts flirting with this wonderful character called the, the Fiacamilli. Yes. Who is the Fiacamilli? She's she's like the uh, like the carriage girl. She's she's uh, she's like a mascot for yeah. the, for the this coachman's ball, right? And she has this very dazzling coloratura aria. This is a role for coloratura sopranos when a company wants to try them out before the before the company gives them um, uh, principal role. This is a, a chance to see, you know, to try them out and give them something that can really you know, allow them to shine and, you know, steal that moment in the spotlight without having to carry in a whole opera. It's a coloratura showcase in that it's very difficult and very... But it's uh, a real crowd pleaser. Big time. Yeah. Of course, Mandrika is sort of behaving badly because he's upset about Arabella. Her parents can't find her, but they insist that he go back to the hotel and talk to her and work things out and get it all smoothed over. And so they head off for the hotel. End of Act Two. Yes. Act Three. And we're in the lobby of the hotel. It's a little bit later in the evening, and Arabella enters the lobby, and she meets Matteo, who is coming down the stairs having just 
as far as he thought, had a, a an hour or two of passion real with Arabella. Nice, <laughs> really nice time together. <laughs> and he sees her in the lobby. Yeah. And he can't understand, as you said before, he can't understand why she's so cool toward him. Uh-huh. And she, by turn, can't understand what's with him. It's just, just it's, it's, uh, it's a comedy of errors. The room was dark, so there was that, that sort of anonymity. But he doesn't understand why suddenly, <laughs> you know, they were in each other's embrace, and now she doesn't really want to acknowledge him. Yeah. And then... Arabella's parents arrive with Mandrika. And Mandrika walks in, and he sees Arabella in the lobby with Matteo. The guy whom he saw, Zdenko, give the key to what he thinks was Arabella's room to set up an assignation with her. Mandrika accuses her of, of infidelity. Yes. He's mad. And, of course, this is potentially a stain on the, on the family and on Arabella, etc. Yeah, a, a total deal breaker. But it's, uh, it's resolved when Zdenka <laughs> shows up at the top of the stairs in a negligee and explains that that was not the key to Arabella's room. It was the key to her room. And it was she with whom Matteo just spent a very nice, lovely time. She also explains that all those letters that had come to Matteo from Arabella were from her. Yes. She has been in love with him all this time. Yes. Arabella steps in and asks that her parents allow Zenka to marry Matteo, which is a nice way of sort of repaying Matteo for all that time and effort. He's attracted Zenka. Yeah. And he's just... Obviously, you had a, a quick taste of <laughs> what things might be like. <laughs> and a preview of coming attractions, as it were. <laughs> so so Arabella, Arabella pleads on, on his behalf, and the parents are like, okay. Yeah. Those two are all set. Mandrika is ashamed of his own actions, of his rush to judgment of Arabella. And he asks her to forgive him. And she does, but... Not with perhaps the ardor which he was hoping <laughs> for. Uh, and she turns to go up the stairs, to go back upstairs. And as she does so, in an aside to a servant, she asks uh, if she could have a, a, a cool glass of water. And he says, sure. <laughs> and he gets the servant to take a glass of water up to her room. And then she appears at the top of the staircase with this glass of water. And he must be thinking, she's going to throw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She slowly descends the stairs and very formally presents Mandrika with the glass of water in accordance with the custom of his country to signal to him that they are now affianced. They kiss, end of act three, end of the opera. Yes. Eric, th this story is... So insubstantial in many ways, uh -huh. because we have the prediction at the beginning of Act One of what's going to happen in essence, <laughs> right. and it all plays out that way. Right. There are no great twists in the plot. Well, the, so, the, the prediction sort of acts in in lieu of an overture or, or a prelude, which in another you know in other operas would typically 
give you all the musical themes. And, and you can actually sometimes, in, in, in particular operas, you can hear in the prelude or the overture, you know, the whole arc that the, the, that the opera is going to take, like Lohengrin, the prelude, prelude to Lohengrin. This opera has no prelude or overture. It's just bang. Just, you just drop right into the action. So that fortune, in, in essence, takes the, takes the place of an overture or a prelude. So where, then, is the meat of this opera? Where it always is with Strauss, it's in the music. It's in the, it's in the vocal writing. Nobody before or since writes for, in particular, the soprano voice like Richard Strauss. He just revels in it. And this opera gives him lots of opportunity to indulge in that, in, in music for Arabella, Zdenka, the Fiacre Mili, and... Um, it's just uh, it's a it's a festival of of, uh, of the high female voice. Richard Strauss's Arabella. That's this week's opera cheat sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn, and I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.